we've been talking about doctrine on Sunday nights, and I just wanted to kind of follow up on that with a passage on Jesus, a doctrinal sermon on Jesus Christ as being the only constant that we really have in this world. Don't you need a foundation? When, when the world is falling apart around you, don't you need something solid that you can stand upon? What do you have if you don't have Jesus? Hebrews 13, 7 through 10. And, and a lot of people just read verse 8. But I'm going to read verses 7 through 10 because it, it provides a context of change. And I think uh, verse 8 is here in the middle of this, this passage for a reason. And I just don't like taking a verse out of context. Because I think I know what the writer of Hebrews is trying to do when he does this. Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember your leaders... Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ, this is a verse, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Verse 9, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. <coughs> Excuse me, for it is well that the heart be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited their adherents. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. Let's pray together. Father, as we come this evening to think about Jesus, we need something constant, something that we know tomorrow when we wake up is going to be the same, and next week and next year. And I don't know how to, how to build a life or how to go through this world without having some sense of certainty and assurance and we thank you that we have all that we need in Jesus. Amen. So verse 8 seems a little disconnected from, I spoke to you about your leaders, the outcome of their lives. Verse 9, do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. But it seems to me that, that what the writer of Hebrews is trying to say that when everything else around you, whatever leaders might say or do, whatever strange teachings you might hear, you still have Jesus Christ in the middle, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is the message of the whole Word of God. The world we were living in, we're living in is, is changing so rapidly. And I suppose it already has been. <coughs> Excuse me, but it seems like it's changing faster now than it used to, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like life is moving quicker that with, with modern technology and laptops and the internet and everything that there's just so much more change in our world happening more quickly than ever before? I can imagine Adam said to Eve, Eve, you better hang on. We're living in changing times. And it's been going faster ever since. What in life doesn't change in this third millennium, this 21st century, I can only think of one and how desperately we need him. Life's greatest need is for an unchanging, never, never leaving friend. And God's word that we need is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want you to get Hebrews 13, 8, just firmly entrenched in your mind. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say that with me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
and you want to memorize a verse, that's not a hard one to memorize. Maybe when you go home this evening, Hebrews 13, 8 will be firmly entrenched in your mind. When John the Baptist was beheaded at the whim of a drunken king, his disciples took his lifeless body and buried it. And it says they came and told Jesus. They left everything to follow John and stake their lives on his ministry. And instinctively, they knew that when you suffer a loss like that, you make a beeline to Jesus because he's always the same. He's always available and he's always there. He's there in the spiritual high and the mountaintops, but isn't it great to know that he's still there when the goosebumps go down and when it's time to walk back down into the valley and get on with life? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our need. He is the sum and substance of everything we teach. Um, and I, I was thinking to just today, this afternoon, <coughs> excuse me, as a matter of fact, that I used to seek the blessing. But I now have found the victory in only seeking the source of the blessing, our Lord Jesus. I used to seek for God's will in my life. Do you remember going through a phase in your life, maybe in your young adult years or, or career years, wondering what you wanted to do and really seeking God's will for your life? Now, I just seek Jesus. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Fine. Seek Jesus. And in that relationship, God's will for your life will be revealed. It'll be uncovered because you'll be in relationship with Jesus. He is the all in all. It's not the cross that saved us. It is the one who was hanging on the cross. And one day the Bible says Jesus will come again soon. And on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not just a plan of salvation that we preach. It's a person. Our religion is not a statement of, of, of facts. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold. That you have to attend to. It is a person. Thank you, John. It's a relationship. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want to break that down and talk about yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus is the Lord of yesterday to start with. And usually when we talk about yesterday, it's like a bygone error. It's something that's in the past. It's nothing that we can do about it. It's expired. It's former. In a way, that's sad because in a sense, we are a product of our yesterdays. When I'm doing premarital counseling and talking to a prospective husband and wife, I try to get into what their families are like, what their backgrounds are like, because they really are carrying baggage from their past families and their, their past experiences. And, and when you come to get married, you're bringing all those experiences and joining them with another. We're a sum of all the decisions, all the choices that we've made in the past. We are marked by what we did yesterday, good or bad. But the good news is that Jesus can walk backward into our lives. He can walk into our yesterdays and into our pasts and offer forgiveness. Have you ever thought about that? He can walk into our past and give us forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? Not once, but repeatedly, the psalmist declares he forgets our sins and remembers them 
no more. Not only does God forgive us of our sins, but he forgets them too. He, and he who has the, the greatest memory of all, who, his, who can remember anything and everything, cleanses that and remembers it no more. <clears throat> With great delight, Jesus expressed this truth in the language of the marketplace. When he talks about forgiving sin, the, the word forgive is a word for paying a debt. It's the word for paying a debt. Back in that day, merchants didn't have business machines or calculators or computers. They didn't have, even have paper to record debts on. And so charge accounts were actually posted on the walls of their business. They actually wrote what people owed on the wall. When you charged something at the store, your name was written on the wall with the amount that you owed. And then when that debt was paid, one word was used to indicate that, and the merchant simply drew a line through the name of the debtor and the debt. I guess he kind of kept a running record of how well people paid their debts. I saw something like that in a, a restaurant recently where they had bounce checks posted on the wall. I didn't see anybody's I knew, but... Incidentally, I'll look, I'll look for your name in the arrest report on the, in the newspaper, too, <laughs> and hope I never find one. But there's another word used to describe the merchant when he takes a wet cloth and erases the record of the debt completely. And that's the kind of word, that's the word that Jesus uses when he erases our debt. It, it's the word that means to wipe the record Clean. It's not just leaving on the board and crossing through it, but it is wiped out, all traces of it completely gone. That's forgiving and forgetting. And that's what Jesus does for us. That's significant. The Lord of yesterday can walk into our past and cleanse us from our sins. He forgets our sins and remembers them no more. So that's how he can... When we say, Lord, how often should we forgive our brother? Seven times or 70 times seven? And Jesus says, no, if, if you're keeping score, you're not really forgiving. You've got to do more. God, you say, God can't forgive my sin. Well, I don't know about that. Take Paul, for example. Is your sin any worse than Paul's who led in the stoning of Stephen and then blasphemed the name of Christ and then worked to destroy the churches and imprisoned women and children simply for bearing the name of Christ? Is your sin any worse than Paul's? And yet Jesus walked into Paul's yesterday and cleansed him. And what did he do with him? He used him in a mighty way. And he can do the same with us because he is the Lord over yesterday. He's the same yesterday as he is today. He is the Lord of today. And it's so easy to forget that he's the Lord of today. Some of us probably want to forget that. We want to say, Lord, I can take care of myself today. Of course, I need you to clean up the mess I made of yesterday. And I'm sure I'll probably need you tomorrow, but you can have today off. I can handle today all by myself. And you know what? Most of the mistakes 
of yesterday were made because of that attitude. Because we got up in the morning and we thought we could make it through that day without Jesus. It's hard to realize that that Jesus is Lord of today. He can reach back and touch tomorrow. We know that. He can reach forward. and Or yesterday, he can reach forward and touch tomorrow. We know that. But he's still Lord of today. And today's stress and problems and difficulties, he's still the Lord. He's still the same. You face the strain of making your way, of paying your bills and taxes, but he is here and we need him today. I hope that when you get out of bed in the morning, you don't go anywhere or think anything or say anything or do anything without recognizing your need for Jesus and his presence with you throughout that day. Sometimes I get up in the morning and and say, Lord, I know there's nothing that can happen today that you and I can't handle together. You've heard that. Susan puts on the whole armor of God every morning because we don't know what that day is going to hold, what we're going to face, but we know we can't face it without Jesus. Sometimes in our relationships we say, Lord, I need you. I'm married to a difficult spouse. I need you. I have troubled children. I need you. I have aging parents. I have to make decisions about. I need you. I need a job. I've hurt my family. I need to move. I need you. I'm sick and the doctor says it's serious. I'm frightened. I need you. I don't know what to do. I don't know what we're going to do. The good news is that you can have Jesus today. And the Jesus you read about in the New Testament is the same Jesus today with us in the Holy Spirit. And he'll be the same one that will meet us tomorrow because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the Lord of yesterday. He's the Lord of today. But he's also the Lord of tomorrow. Several years ago, some scientists gathered to talk about the future of the world. And I have to tell you, when I read about that meeting, it was pretty depressing. All you have to do is watch the evening news and you can get depressed. One after another, all these scientists and experts painted a bleak picture of what to expect. One economist said our nation will soon be bankrupt. Well, that's already happened. An agriculturalist said, our food supply cannot last. A physicist described the impact of a nuclear war. I found it strange that no speaker, that no preacher spoke because those people needed to hear somebody say that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Are you worried about tomorrow? Are you worried that the world will be destroyed if some maniac in the Middle East gets a hold of a nuclear bomb and pushes a button and starts a war? Are you worried about the economy? Are you worried about some resistant strain of bacteria like Ebola showing up in America and spreading in a pandemic? Are you worried about a job, finding one or keeping one? Jesus is still Lord of tomorrow. And we don't have to worry. Somebody said that 90% of the things you worry about never happen. 
And the 10% that do, you couldn't have done anything about it anyway. But whatever happens, we can face it with the Lord. He is the Lord of tomorrow. And if the grave is in the future for us, then he's on the other side of that too. He's at work in our yesterdays. He's at work in our todays. He's at work in our tomorrows. And he'll never change. He is our friend. He is our Lord. He is our life. He is our purpose. We find our strength as we find it in him. When we determine to love him and share him and serve him, then we will find life's constant and most reassuring purpose. And here's his purpose. I have begun looking at the things that Jesus commanded because someone said, we're supposed to do all that Jesus commanded. What did he command? A lot of them have to do with telling others about him. After his resurrection, Jesus specifically asked people to whom he appeared to do three things. He met a woman in the garden and he said, go and tell my disciples and go and tell Simon Peter. And then to an assembled group, he said, go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he gave three commissions and he said, go and tell my disciples. And those disciples were already hurt and scattered and afraid. And Jesus said, you pull yourselves together and you go and tell the church that I'm alive and that I will be with them. And you go and tell Simon Peter, he told him again. Because Peter had denied him and slipped away from his commitment to the Lord. And Jesus' word to him was, go tell my, my frightened, discouraged believer, Peter, that I'm alive and I want to be with him. Go and tell the world, he said. Tell the lost world, the world that I love and that I died for, that's ashamed of their yesterday, that's stressed by their today, that's frightened of their tomorrows, that I will be the same as I was yesterday. I am today and I will be forever with everything else around us that is changing. Sometimes we just need to hear that word. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that is a constant that we can build something solid upon. And apart from that, there is no hope. But with Jesus, there's always hope. Let's bow together. <clears throat> Oh God, how do people live without you? And why would we ever try to do anything apart from you? When we wake up in the morning, help us realize and acknowledge our need of your presence throughout the day. When we go to bed at night, let us thank you for being with us through the good and the bad. Thank you for looking back on yesterday and forgiving us. Thank you for being with us with the difficulties of today. And God, whatever the future holds, I'm good with. Because I know that, that you're holding it 
and with you, anything can be all right. There'll be things happen that we don't understand. And there'll be struggles and sickness and problems and difficulties and failures and shortcomings and we'll make mistakes. But we just ask you to be with us. And we know the love and grace and mercy that you showed in the Bible. You still show today and you will show always. And forever. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.